Welcome to Denver Sports Tonight. Taking a look at the biggest stories in Denver sports. From your online home for the best opinions and information on the Broncos, Nuggets, Avalanche, Rockies, and more. DenverSports.com. And it is Denver Sports Tonight on this Thursday night in the Mile High City. He's Andrew Mason. I'm Will Peterson. We'll be with you for the next hour, and we have plenty to get into including Mace, something that has just come down in the last 45 minutes or so. Uh, I heard Matt Smith and Derek Wolf talking about it to end the drive. It is fascinating for a lot of reasons, and I won't spit all my thoughts out at once, but we'll dissect it over this next hour along with the, the K.J. Hamler news and plenty else going on in the world of sports. But Mace, for the third time, third time if I have that right, under the Walton Penner Family Ownership Group, we have survey news. This perhaps is the most significant survey news because it actually, the timing of this could not be better. You and I discussed yesterday about if someone should ask Greg Penner about a new stadium down at owners meetings next week. Mm -hmm. Well, they have now sent a stadium survey to season ticket holders. Quote, the Broncos are exploring the possibility of constructing a new state-of-the-art stadium. The new stadium would improve the fan experience with new seating options, upgraded amenities across concessions, concourse technology, merchandise, etc., etc. We all sort of felt it was headed this direction, at least I did. I thought the $100 million of renovations in Empower Field at Mile High was simply a Band-Aid. What's your take on this news coming down, yet another survey? And and believe me, there's a lot to unpack here, so we will dive into the specifics of what they're asking, location, roof, et cetera. I mean, I think it's interesting. First of all, you're asking season ticket holders this, but I do wonder if there will be a survey of fans beyond season ticket holders because as we see more and more with the secondary market being what it is, on any given game day, a higher percentage of fans are in the stadium that aren't season ticket holders than ever before. And sure, it's, it's not like back in the back in the eighties when you'd go to every if you had a season ticket, you go to every game, you count on the same people being around you for for every game all season, that sort of thing. That doesn't really exist anymore. So really, and the, and the other thing also, some of the questions talking about kind of you know what what you would want around a stadium. I mean, I think that that goes, again, beyond season ticket holders because if you were developing some kind of neighborhood around a stadium, you would obviously be catering to more people than just those who went into the stadium on game day. You'd be looking for more people to come down there. Like we see in Milwaukee uh, during when they had the NBA Finals there a couple of years ago, they have what they call the Deer District. Yep. Where you had the 18,000 or so people inside Five Serve Forum but then you had, what, another 20,000, 25,000 people gathered right outside that mm. were partaking of the restaurants and uh, shops and whatnot that are outside the arena. It's one big party. Yeah. All right, so here... And that's are... kind of what you want for a Bronco game. Like, people go to the stadium, but then thousands of people don't necessarily go in the stadium partaking of what you'd build. Yeah, exactly. And if they built it and they use their own money... They will collect all the revenue from it as well, yeah. which is obviously significant. It's why McGregor Square. The Rockies don't want you tailgating. They want you spending your money at McGregor Square. Mm-hmm. Whereas if the Broncos did something like this, again, their bars, their restaurants, their everything. So let's start to dive into this. The most important question, Mace, is the one off the top in this survey for season ticket holders about a new stadium 
quote, where would you prefer the new stadium? Here are the options. The current Empower Field location, downtown, and then we just go directional. The northeast, the southeast, the southwest, or the northwest. So the Walton Penner Family Ownership Group is saying we could stay where we are, we could look somewhere else downtown, or we could go in any of the four corners of this city, and we want your input. I find that fascinating. I do as well. And there are some other questions that are kind of tied into this as well, because later on fans are asked about the uh, how, much, how much they value public transit. Mm. as far as uh, where the stadium is. Because, like, one thing that the current spot has going for it is being uh, on or near two light rail lines. You've got the, the, the west line uh, that goes out toward Golden, and there are st- and you can access the stadium that way, or you or the, the lines that go north-south uh, and kind of split off. One goes down Santa Fe, one goes down I-25. So that, I imagine, is something uh, worth noting because... If you're talking about the northeast quadrant, are you talking about building somewhere near the A-line, the airport rail line that goes all the way out to DIA? If you're talking about building to the south, are you trying to put together some land around like Ridgegate, for example? Uh, what what part of that isn't developed yet? There, are, It brings some interesting questions in, into play. And if public transit isn't that important, then what's to stop you from just building you know, out off 470, wherever, not even necessarily to the airport, maybe south of I-70 on 470. All right. So, yeah, I mean, you look at this, obviously, you know, are you headed towards Commerce City, like Dick's Sporting Goods Park? That would be northeast. I'm not sure that's the best idea, given what we learned about some of the radioactivity of the area. Good point. Yeah. Are you headed southeast, which a lot of people think they would? Um, that's been the popular location, sort of, quote, unquote, out by the airport is kind of the, the lazy way people like to put it. Mm-hmm. Southwest, man, I, I don't know. You gonna you gonna build a stadium in Livingston? Uh, yeah, Lakewood, Ken Carroll, Columbine, the, the Ken Carroll Broncos, Bomar. They got a big lake out there in Bomar. Morrison, you gonna put it next to Red Rocks? I don't think Southwest is gonna. No, no. The scenery might be awesome. Yeah, there. but I, I it might just can't be very think dramatic. Of where? Yeah, uh, and then of course the Northwest, as you mentioned, with the A line. Uh, well, that would be the Northeast. It would, it would be the A line. Okay, Northwest up toward Boulder. Correct. Yes. Arvada, Westminster, Wheat Ridge, up that direction. We're getting a geography lesson on the, the show. The Westy Broncos. But the reality is, is they asked in this survey six different locations. Where do you want it? Pick one. Which direction do you want us to go? Or do you want us to stay downtown or current location? Although what's interesting, they ask current location or downtown. Okay. To me, those are different, right? Well, I mean, basically you're talking about the other side of the highway. Like uh, I-25 is kind of is kind of a general dividing point unless you – do you consider Auraria downtown? Like by, by Ball Arena? Yeah. <sighs> yes. I mean, okay, it's one of those kind of technical designations. I would say I can't like – for all practical purposes, Auraria, Auraria is, is downtown, right? Because I'm thinking to myself when they say downtown, I'm like, okay – you know, where would you build unless you were you were getting some of the or the River North area from Stan Kroenke? Exactly. And that's where you'd have to use those family connections, even though it's cousins and it's through marriage and all that, to, to maybe uh, tell Stan, hey, Elitches, we need it, bud, and yeah. we're going to bring our bulldozer out. 
Interesting. That'd be pretty wild. So that's the location aspect of this, those six different options. We'll move on to the maximum amount of time you would want to spend to travel to Bronco home games at a new stadium. Again, if you're just tuning in, this is a survey that the Walton Penner Family Ownership Group has sent to season ticket holders within the last hour. Clearest indication yet, they will be building a new stadium. Mace, the options are pretty simple. They're within 15-minute spans. We don't have to spend a ton Mm -hmm. of time on this one, but... Zero to 15 minutes, 16 to a half hour, 31 to 45 minutes, et cetera. My gut is the most people, the most that the majority of the people are going to want to travel is a half hour. Well, you've got a fair amount of season ticket holders who are already driving in from all over the state and points beyond. I mean, there's there's all, there's usually pretty heavy traffic on a Sunday morning head up from the Springs and Pueblo and people who held their season tickets for a long time. And we know that Broncos country... At its core definition, basically, it's the state of Colorado. So I would actually think that the answer may end up being 46 to 60 minutes. Okay, so you're saying that the because folks are already used to getting in the car on Sunday mornings mm-hmm. and going for a nice drive, that, that it's not like me who thinks it's got to be within a half hour or I'm not interested, yeah. that because people are already used to this, they will be willing to travel up to an hour wherever this new stadium gets built. Football's a bit different than other sports because most of the games are on a on a weekend on Sunday because of the infrequency of it. People tend to be willing to absorb longer distances to drive. And look, I mean, if they put the stadium somewhere you know in the area other than other than the current spot or other than downtown, I mean, let's say they let's say they build the stadium. Uh, out toward the airport. If you're living out in Reunion, you're like, great, right? Stay, you know, I don't have to go very far at all. If you're down in Littleton, all of a sudden you're looking at a, at a reasonably long commute. Okay, so that's the timing one, which again is is probably not the meatiest part of this, but the next one is, is very juicy to me, Mace. Mm-hmm. We're going to go ahead and rank the top five most important factors to a new stadium. Mm-hmm. And there's a lot here. So I'm going to I'm gonna go real quick, and then you don't have to tell me five off the top of your head, but just a couple that mm-hmm. jump out. Of course, if you want to get in on the RamosLaw.com text line, 303-713-1043, we would love your input. Here they are. Available restaurant chains, available social gathering spaces, the size of the concourse, the ease of the stadium ingress egress, uh, eco friendly design, heating, the location, the number of concessions, parking availability, public transit availability, mm-hmm. which you discussed, food slash beverage quality variety, seat comfort, shading, sideline excuse me sight lines to field, the technology, and a variety of seat products. That is a comprehensive yeah. list of everything a fan could want in a stadium. They're asking season ticket holders to rank their top five. Which ones stand out to you as sort of the the make-or-break couple of those that you need to see in a new Denver Broncos multi-billion dollar stadium? Okay, I mean, you start with kind of the core things to watching a football game. So sight lines, I think, are essential. Um, I I would start there. Now, here's where it gets interesting. You talk about heating and shading, right? Heating would obviously be, all right, are we going to put a roof on the place and make the thing enclosed? Yep. Shading is where, and we're going to get more into this, it doesn't necessarily have to be an enclosed stadium, but are you talking about a stadium with huge overhangs, like a, like a canopy around it? I don't know. If you go down to Miami, for example, okay. and you see how they rebuilt 
Hard Rock Stadium, and most of the stadium is undercover. Like the the old Texas Stadium, right, which had the hole in the roof. Most of the stadium was undercover from the sun. It's it's actually it's the way they build a lot of soccer stadiums in Europe and especially in England. A lot of it's there is because it rains a lot and you're keeping the the fans protected, you know, covered from that. But really, in this case, what you'd be looking at is on those warm afternoons in the early season where the sun can can beat down on you. You know, it and I think that is something like heating and shading, and maybe and it's gonna some one's gonna matter more to other fans than to fans of others. But if you've sat on that east side in the upper deck oh, on you, a hot day, you you roast, fry. you roast. fry, yeah, you, and, and I could see something like that being a matter that a bunch of season ticket holders say, yeah, that's really important because I'm sick of getting sunburned on a 90-degree day in September. And so th- there's that, I think, parking and public transit. Like, like public transit's interesting because they used to have the Broncos ride, uh, the buses that went from all over the area, and they just cut that off in the last couple of years. So now it's very light rail dependent if you're talking about people taking uh, public transit. And then I th- concourse size and number of con- concessions, I think that's something for a fan comfort thing that's going to be a priority. Absolutely. We'll see how folks fill out ranking their top five most important factors to a new stadium. Uh, for me, it's got to be parking availability as kind of a key one because everyone knows getting in and getting out of a stadium can either intensely frustrate you before a game mm-hmm. or it can ruin your experience after a game if you're in the parking lot for two hours in bumper-to-bumper traffic. They've got to find a way that people, a lot of people, 70,000 or however many don't take public transit, can get in and out quick and not ruin the game day experience before it starts or after it ends. And that's more than parking. That's the roads around it as well. Which would tempt me to go in the middle of nowhere and build yeah. my own roads. And that's and that's the key thing. Now, you've got to make sure the roads are up to speed because for many, many years in Foxborough, Massachusetts, where the New England Patriots play, for many years they were in the middle of nowhere, but the state, but accessibility was a huge issue and traffic would back up on US-1 in both directions because that was the only way out. The road system was inadequate for getting 60,000 people in and out of a game in Foxborough. So, like, let's say you went northeast, out toward the airport. I mean, is Pena adequate? Because it's, You would it's, probably it's a, need more than Pena, yeah, especially y- with airport traffic, right. which is going to be high on a Sunday morning because there's a lot of people who are leaving town who are here for you, vacation on you're Sundays. You're talking about having to widen Pena by maybe at least one lane in each direction and perhaps two lanes in each direction if the Broncos go out in that direction. So right. that, that's the sort of infrastructure that you have to consider because you know what? You can have all the parking in the world, but if the highways are getting choked up, that's what's going to cause you to sit in that parking lot for way too long after a game, especially a night game. Jake Shapiro is writing about this at denversports.com as we speak. He'll have the full details up shortly. Question number five in this new stadium survey, Mace. This one I think is really fascinating. If a new stadium is built, the Broncos would wish to highlight Denver and the state's unique culture. What would, quote, authentically Denver or Colorado, quote, 
Stadium look like to you? Ooh, that's a really interesting one. That's an awesome question because you think about it like in Vegas, Mace. What's the identity of that stadium? You either hear the Death Star or the Roomba, right? Like it's one of the two. It's a unique looking mm-hmm. building. I don't think we just want this boxy looking thing that looks like any other stadium. I wanted to look at it when people see the aerial shot on CBS or Fox, they go, aha, we're in Denver. Yeah. Like, take a look at some of the new stadiums. Like, I love U.S. Bank Stadium in Minneapolis. Oh, yeah, that's That's probably my favorite of the new generation of stadiums. And that, it fits very nicely in downtown. You've got one end with the windows that they can open up. It's it's got a distinct look. Lucas Oil Stadium in in, in Indianapolis. I mean, it basically has the feeling of a... A basketball field house on steroids, right? Yep. It's got the the brick construction around it, the lights up top. I mean, basically, it's like they took Butler Field House, or now it's called Hinkle Field House, uh, that you saw in Hoosiers back in the day, and said, "Let's amp this up and make the and and make this a football stadium." So, like, what I, wa- I you want to see something distinct, like Arizona Stadium, um, where they play State Farm Stadium. That was actually designed to be a, a little bit like a barrel cactus, right? Like this, this shiny, th- this shiny thing. So, yeah, th- that's what you have to be thinking about with this. Now, there are some fans who may hear that and think, "What's more Colorado than a game in the snow?" Ooh. And this may be worth a way of saying, "I want this place open air." I've heard from a lot of fans who say very adamantly that they want to keep the open-air component of Broncos football, that they that part of what it means to be a team in Colorado is playing games in the snow. Now, that, of course, if it's fully open-air, that means you're not talking about Super Bowls and Final Fours and all that. So you may have, it may be the art versus commerce debate, mm-hmm. right? But I, I kind of get that. when I mean, I wrote yesterday about the Snow Classico out at Dick's Sporting Goods Park 10 years ago, the U.S. national team played. And that is, like, having that game in the snow, that is such a, that, that is, that, doesn't that just scream Colorado? Oh, it does. We think of Bronco, the Broncos, some great Broncos games. We think back of the, the, the game against the Packers in 84, the Monday night uh, snowstorm in October. Uh, we think of that big Patriots game in 2015 on Thanksgiving weekend when C.J. Anderson's running for the touchdown and the snow is falling and the field is white. And so keeping that element, not, I imagine some fans may say that's something that, that means, it means something to us. To, to keep that. But architecturally, I'm curious to see what they would kind of think of things. And also, that's where we talked about the part of town. If you built out toward the southwest or the west out toward like, uh, you know, Ken Carroll or Red Rocks, Morrison, uh, you have the chance to have a very dramatic backdrop there. Like Folsom like Field. Yes. Like Folsom is iconic with the mm-hmm. flat irons. Yeah. Would you be architecturally open to something so wild and so out of the box that, like, say the upper deck was shaped like mountains. Oh, I'd love it. Like, That'd you, be awesome. The upper deck was, hey, I know we're doing radio, but I'm showing you my hand. Like, it was triangular seating, you know, four dips across to make it look like mountains. Something like that. Because when they ask this question, mm-hmm. what would highlight Denver in states in the state of Colorado's unique culture 
everyone thinks mountains when they think Colorado. They don't think prairies, unfortunately. Architecturally, <laughs> how do you build that in to it? My gut goes to the very top of the stadium has peaks and valleys. Yeah, I think that's a great idea. Like you, yeah, look at that. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I'm, I'm just visualizing it like a. It kind of goes up and down like Charlie Brown's shirt pattern. Yeah, at the top. Ooh, you un, that would be unmistakably Denver. And the thing is, I got the Mace stamp of approval. You could, you the could, Denver Broncos historian likes it. Here's the thing: you could do that with an indoor stadium or an outdoor stadium too. Like you could do that with an enclosed stadium, but have just like the top of it be kind of a jagged, uh, you know, faux mountainscape. All right. Still to come on this uh, survey. Actually, we've got a couple minutes here, so we'll, we'll, we'll do one more here now. Okay. The Broncos' new stadium server, survey has presented several possible roof configurations or lack of a roof. I'm looking at this photo now that was in the survey, Mace, and they sent six different stadium uh, drawings mm-hmm. to these fans. There's the open air, which they send examples of Levi Stadium out in San Francisco, just Flat out, no shade, nothing. You and I really talked about the um, the, the heat bearing down on, on hot days on the East and Stands. And that has been a problem out there as well. It's why you often look and see, even for big games, if it's a hot day, you see these empty seats in the, uh, in the upper level on the far side as you're watching on television at Levi Stadium. That is a problem. The open air covered, which the example the Broncos used is SoFi, which it's a really cool idea, don't get me wrong, but also... During the national championship this year, fans were, like, breaking their arms because they were slipping on the concourse because it was raining and the rain was blowing in sideways. I don't know if SoFi will ever get a Final Four because you sure as heck can't have it raining during a basketball game. Well, the, the, it's open air. Basically, SoFi Stadium is a carport as, as far as the stadium go. it's, goes. You ha- and, it's ba- and it's interesting because the roof structure is entirely separate from the stadium. Like it's built over the stadium. It's 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 an independent structure from the stadium. Like if they wanted to demolish the stadium within and build a new one and keep the roof, they actually could. But as we saw in the national championship game, people slipping and there have been lightning delays. Yeah, at that stadium because it's not it's not enclosed. It's open air. Next option is a canopy. You sort of reference this with Miami. Um, the pictures I'm looking at, I believe, are of the renderings of the new Buffalo Bills Stadium. Correct. Which will have a canopy style. But put it this way. It's a roof with a hole in the middle of it. Let's call it what it is. Yeah. It kind of looks like a donut. I mean, the most extreme example of this was the was Texas Stadium back in the day where the Cowboys played. Um, but basically, like in this type of stadium... If you were, let's say it had a north-south orientation, if you're sitting on the west sideline or you're sitting in the south end, you're probably going to be in shade for the entire game. If you are on the north side or the east side, it's going to depend kind of where you are in the stadium, how high up you are. If you're down low on the east side, you'll probably be for a 2 o'clock game, especially early season, you'll probably be in the sun. So it, it covers plenty of seats, but not necessarily all of them. And, and there, there are different ways to do canopies. All right, so those are three of the six. On the other side, we will tell you, the other three uh, possible roof configurations. But in the meantime, once again, we have a chance for you to experience the great American RV show, which is coming to the Colorado Convention Center Thursday, March 30th. 
through Saturday, April 1st. Regional RV and camper dealers will unite to give you the best deals. So whether you're looking to buy or are planning your next camping adventure, the Great American RV Show is the place to be, and we want to send you. Be caller for right now, 303-713-1043, and you will win a four-pack of tickets to the Great American RV Show. Caller for 303-713-1043, and it's important to note these passes are good for all three days. All right fascinating survey from the Broncos that has just dropped in the last hour. The most significant step yet that the $100 million in Empower Field is simply a Band-Aid and a new stadium might be coming sooner rather than later. Sports tonight on Denver Sports Station, 1043 The Fan. Lots of good feedback coming in on the Ramoslaw.com text line, 303 713 1043. The stadium survey that Mike Kliss is breaking down on his Twitter that the Broncos have sent to season ticket holders. This is all coming out in the last hour. And as I said, as we went into the break, this is significant. Because to me, it is a clear indication the $100 million of renovations to Empower Field at Mile High are simply a Band-Aid, as most of us have suggested. Some folks on this airways have not. I won't name names. But I think the Walton Penner Family Ownership Group is here to spend big, and a new stadium is very well in their plans after they spent big in free agency, and it looks like they're going to continue to spend big with this survey. Mace and I went to the break talking about the six roof configurations that they sent out to their season ticket holders of what it could look like. We've discussed the open air, the open air covered, and the canopy style, which is basically just a donut. So we'll get to these next three here. The The next example in these photos is a retractable roof. The example they show is from AT&T Stadium in Dallas. Mace, I have to imagine retractable roof will get a lot of uh, thumbs up from Broncos fans. Yeah, because when the weather's nice, it's going to be open. And then when the weather is cold, you can close it up. It's also going to be the most expensive option. Okay, so retractable roofs are the... Because I'll just say the next two now so we can talk about them too. Fixed with natural light. And the example is Allegiant Stadium in Vegas. So that roof is fixed, but there's windows everywhere. So yeah. the, the the light comes in. It's basically like a cloudy day, uh, playing on a cloudy day. And the final yeah. option is fixed, fully closed. The example they show is the Caesar Superdome down in New Orleans, which we don't even have to waste our breath on that. It's not going to be fixed, fully closed. That is a thing of the past. It's ugly. It's dark. It could black out during the Super Bowl. And the Caesar Superdome is not the direction this is going to go in. So I think the two options, if there is a roof, are retractable, again, like AT&T Stadium in Dallas. I hope people are picturing this right now. Or a natural light like Allegiant Stadium in Vegas. Or like some, even though they use this as fully closed on one of the on one of the things they asked, something like Minnesota where it's a fixed roof, but there's a lot of glass 
and there's a lot of natural light that gets into the building from uh, from one side and from one end as well. Okay, that's and, yeah. that's kind of fixed natural light, like they show yes. the Vegas example. But yeah. you're you're saying Minnesota also falls into that category? Yeah, they, theirs is more glass. Like like with Vegas, it's just it's kind of opaque. So in Minnesota, you'll like, sometimes you'll actually see the sun kind of streaming in. Through, through the you know through the lights and it can make for Minnesota. a cool visual on TV. It can make it very bright and it can make it can make it somewhat problematic for the cameras. But like sometimes in Minnesota, like like it's the roof is closed. The roof is closed, but they have so much light coming in. It gives you that feeling of oh, it's just a, kind of in a greenhouse. A All bit. right. So out of these six, they have asked folks to rank one to six preference. Open air, open air covered, canopy retractable. Fixed natural light, fixed fully closed for a roof or a not roof. Here's my order, and then I'll ask you yours. My number one preference is going to be a retractable roof, a la they have in Dallas, because then nice days, open that bad boy up. Snowy days, when you got Peyton Manning, you're playing Baltimore in the divisional round in 2012. Close that bad boy up. They beat the Ravens by two touchdowns. Raheem Moore never happens, and the Broncos have another Super Bowl ring. My next would be a fixed roof with natural light. Because I think it's important that Denver has the option to host Final Fours, right? Or maybe an NFL draft, something like that. Big sporting events, concerts year-round. We're all excited for Taylor Swift this summer, but what about a marquee headliner in December? You could pull that off if you had a fixed roof with natural light. Uh, after that, I'd probably go canopy, Mace, because mm-hmm. then you keep the, the Denver spirit where you could have a snow game, but fans aren't blinded by the sun, then I would go probably open air covered, open air, which we already have, and fixed fully clothed, but the, fully closed. Uh, fully clothed, that's a good thing, too. But my, my preference would be some sort of retractable roof or a fixed roof with natural light. How yeah, about you? It's not my money. And so, yeah, the retractable roof is option number one. But, again, that's uh, the retractable roof itself could add like a, maybe a billion dollars to the cost in the end or close to it. So I don't care. I, I know you don't. And, I, again, it's not my money. But I'm thinking of like what's more realistic. So, but yeah, they have sixty billion dollars. Well, they Ross yes. and Walton is the biggest net worth of any owner in American sports. Yes, but as Mike Cliss points out, the new stadium survey does bring up the potential of personal seat licenses to help fund construction costs. Mm, that's another wrinkle to this. Yes, okay. that's a big wrinkle. That's a huge. Wrinkle. We'll get to it in a second, but I do want to hear what what do you want, Mace? Out of the six options, roof, no roof. Retractable, natural light. What's what's your preference for for how this new stadium looks? In order, retractable, uh, fixed natural light, canopy, um, f- fixed, fully closed, open air covered, which is like a carport. I think it's ridiculous. Uh, and then finally, completely open air with no covering. You need to have something to cover uh, to cover the stands. I mean, I've you know I'm. Being from Tampa, I know what it's like in a state as well as a fan growing up in a stadium that had no overhang. You you need to cover some of those seats in there to to, to get fans out of the the sun, and that's that's something that would really if you're doing like the bare the minimum to upgrade the stadium and stay there, the minimum would be let's get let's get some kind of overhang over most of the stands and get everyone in the shade. All right, uh, those are our orders, and if you'll notice, we had the exact same one, two, three. To me, those are the only three yes. realistic possibilities if you're going to spend a few billion bucks on a new stadium. There's more to dissect here, 
but the RamosLaw.com text line is on fire tonight. You would think so because yes. this is a passionate subject, mm-hmm. one that, again, I don't want to overstate it because they didn't come out and say today, we're building a new stadium. But this is a fairly significant piece of news that has dropped here in the last hour. Mace, what are you seeing on the uh, RamosLaw.com text line that's uh, worth passing Well, along? there's a lot there from both from North Glen, very very much on board with the retractable roof, like like uh, like we've discussed as, ha- as having that be ideal. Some, as far as like the, the jagged mountain-type landscape, one texter says, I already have that look at DIA, and DIA was voted most one of the ugliest airports in the world. I didn't realize that. Someone said, design it like a lodge, craftsman style. That would be interesting on a big scale to do to to uh, to bring that into a stadium. And again, make it call make it Colorado. A lot of text about the retractable roof, and, and so I think if money is no object, that's that would probably be what I think most fans end up uh, favoring, especially because it does bring in the Final Four, but it also brings in the chance to have plenty of, of open-air uh, games. The gra- some, someone says, can they have a grass field with a retractable roof? Yes, 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 they can. And then someone says, how about a retractable Walmart over the over the stadium? <laughs> <laughs> well, that that does bring up, I mean, they're, they're not going to put a retractable Walmart, but that does bring up kind of, what we talked about with the the stuff that they asked early on, you know, what are the the food and beverage options, the mm-hmm. restaurants around the stadium, that kind of stuff. Like like here's a here's a new wrinkle: five preferred amenities to a mixed use stadium. Okay, out of all these, do you want a Broncos team store, food and beverage options, a sports book? which is very interesting. Gambling is legal in the state of Colorado. Hotels, movie theaters, music venue, patio picnic space, private event space, recreational stuff like mini golf, bowling, axe throwing, arcade, etc. Residential, retail shopping, and others. So, Mace, we're now into the area of the survey where they're exploring building, for lack of a better term, Walton Pennertown around the stadium where they want this to be an entire district Yet another wrinkle of this stadium survey that we've been talking about for 40 minutes that shows they want a big old chunk of land so they can develop it into having all the amenities around it, including things like apartments, hotels, bars, restaurants, music, movie theaters, etc. And here's the thing. Residential, I think, is key. Because if you're going to build all these restaurants, what the residential crowd can do is create like a built-in audience, a built-in customer base for that that can walk to dinner and that would take advantage of things like that. And that, that's another reason why I think you are talking about something that is mixed use like you see down in Atlanta with the Braves where you've got the restaurants, you've got the shops, but you've also got some pretty massive uh, apartment complexes there that are, are on top of it and, and people and people living there. I mean, I think during the pandemic, especially that uh, uh, the people that were living in those buildings kind of saved the, the rear ends of a lot of restaurateurs there as well. So I think to get restaurants in, you'd want that. Um, music venue, that's another interesting thing here because that is something that can provide more events to get people there for more than just Bronco games and then big concerts because the one thing that a stadium like this doesn't have that a baseball stadium has, it doesn't have the same frequency of events. So you're going to have to have other things that get people in there, whether it's a music venue or, I mean, if we're going to just kind of go all out here, I mean, 
who's to say that, uh, you know, Kroenke doesn't decide to sell the Rapids to the Walton Penner Group, and you're talking about not only a big stadium there, mm. but a 20,000-seat stadium for the Rapids, which gets people in for another 20 days a year, plus concerts and things like that. There are Plus, you could host the high yeah. school, all the state championships uh-huh. in that stadium, and so you get people it's not as ridiculous that. as them playing in an empty 80,000-person stadium for, yeah. for football. Exactly. What, what you need is thing you're going to need to have something else beyond this to get people in for more than just game days. So what what Cliss says the survey asked too is what would be your interest in using mixed-use development before or after a game held at any stadium? The options are definitely interested, likely interested, possibly interested, not interested. That, to your point, Mace, they want people here for more than just football games. All right, coming up next, there is a wrinkle about personal seat licenses that Mace mentioned. We'll dive into that. There was also significant injury news today with KJ Hamler. We'll fill you in. Denver Sports Station 1043 The Fan presents Denver Sports Tonight. This is why it is fun to do this show every single night. You never know what you're going to get. He's Andrew Mason. I'm Will Peterson. Uh, A story that I promise you will be discussed at length all day on The Fan tomorrow at denversports.com, on Coffee Break, Orange and Blue today. This is a big one. The Broncos are exploring a new stadium. They have asked fans where it should be located. It is a significant step forward with several key questions posed First season ticket holders. Our story is up at denversports.com. Mace is going to have a little more on this um, later on. Listen, man, we've gone through it. I would encourage people who are just tuning in. Our podcast will be up shortly when we're done. You can go get the breakdown of everything. But there's one last wrinkle to this survey to the season ticket holders, Mace, that you said is going to be a big deal. The new stadium survey does bring up the potential of personal seat licenses, PSLs, to help fund construction costs. The Broncos have never had PSLs, according to Mike Kliss, but the new reality um, could greet such an enormous stadium project. At least the team is putting it out there, are Mike's words. My thing is they're worth $60 billion. That will not go over well if, if the wealthiest ownership group in North American professional sports is asking people to pay PSLs in excess, uh, in excess of thousands of dollars. And to be fair, they're just putting this in the survey. Yes. That is going to get shot down by a massive majority. It would be like on election night when you watch the little percentage bars. Mm-hmm. I got to imagine upwards of 90%, if not higher, of people responding to this are going to say, no, 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 no. Y'all worth $60 billion. I ain't putting in a dime. You want it? Pay for it yourself. Yeah. Then I think the same will be true if they go seeking public financing for it in terms of uh, going to the taxpayer till. Either way, it's going to be you guys have more than enough largesse to afford to do whatever you want on your own. Exactly. Yeah. And, and this I, will go over like a fart in church. 
I respect them for the transparency, if you will, mm-hmm. putting it in the survey. And I know Broncos country will do its part in this survey. Yeah. Anyone who's listening who's a season ticket holder and saying, heck no, I ain't paying for a PSL. That's just not happening. And yeah, and the thing is, like, it, it, the surveys, I mean, it's part of researching the market. And so I'm quite certain they're going to learn that people aren't going to want this. And so, and, and this is, and look, this is part of a new ownership group getting educated on what the customers and what the market wants and expects. Correct. So this is, some of it is kind of fact-finding, right? And that sort of fact-finding is probably going to come come back in the vein of, uh, no, we don't really want, we don't but want they, the PSL thing. And also, this, this fan base hasn't been through that. Like, in Carolina, they started off from the beginning with PSLs back in, in 1995, Right. That was part that was part of getting the team and having the team be privately financed and play in a stadium that was that was at the time privately financed. But here it's it's a different crowd. It's a different market. Every market is a little bit different. But I I think of the Jonah Hill meme at one of the award shows where he's kind of doing the like, nah, man, like, don't don't ask that. Don't say that. There are enough savvy business people in that building who could have told Greg Penner and Damani Leach. Nah, man, don't ask about PSLs because that ain't going to go over real well when the Broncos, again, have an ownership group worth $60 billion that they may try to put some of this stadium expense, the excitement we've discussed for the last hour, on the fans. That's just not going to work. It's not going to go on the season ticket holders. It's not going to go on the taxpayers. They're going to build it themselves, and hopefully this survey – a lot of great feedback on all the awesome things we've talked about and a lot of really clear feedback mm-hmm. we're not chipping in. You guys are paying for it because guess what? Once it's up, we'll come spend money at it. We'll buy tickets. We'll buy merchandise. We'll go to concerts. We'll go to restaurants. We'll go to bars. We'll go to movies. We will live in your district if there's residential. You will make plenty of money off of us, but mm-hmm. you put it there with your own dime and then collect all of our pennies when we come in and spend. I mean, I got to say, doesn't living near the stadium sound like sound really cool as part of a di- like a Sounds di- awesome. Yeah. They'll make plenty of money. Right. They don't need us to spot them the money up front. They will make their money back on what we all spend there. If they made a complete Broncos town with a stadium and a training facility, shoot, I'd probably just get an apartment out there and everything I needed to have to cover the Broncos be right there. You could walk to practice every day. Wouldn't that be awesome? I yeah. love walking anyway. You'd probably see the rookies on your way. Yeah. You know, the vets would live in the mansion somewhere, but the rooks, they'd probably all live right there. Yeah, you'd probably see. And that's another thing. Like, the rook, the rookies, the younger guys, they'd just be living right there. I mean, you go go grocery shopping, although I imagine the grocery store would be the Walmart neighborhood market, and I imagine there'd be a Walmart, and I, there'd be a Sam's Club there and all that, you know. But that's oh, not, man. But the thing is, stuff like that would get people out there on an everyday basis. That's another reason why you do it. It's always fun because you never know where we're going to go. Uh, again, if you missed it, the podcast will be up shortly at denversports.com and on the Denver Sports app. So, Mace, we've got just about 90 seconds here. The news we all thought we were going to lead with today, K.J. Hamler tears his peck. He's out four to six months. My thoughts on this are pretty simple. I feel awful for K.J. Hamler. He's battled so many injuries and has been so honest about his mental health struggles. This absolutely sucks. But from a football standpoint, to me, yet another reason why trading Jerry Judy would be asinine. They just can't do it. The wide receiver room gets even thinner today, four to six months for Hamler. Yeah, I mean, I don't think this affects whether they're going to trade Jerry Judy or Cortland Sutton or not because 
KJ Hamler, you're hoping he's available, but you weren't making your season plans around his availability just because of the injury history. But it's a tough break for him on a personal level because of what he's, he's been through. And uh, he won the Ed Block Courage Award last year for how hard he's worked to get back, and it's a shame to see him go through this. Yeah, I, I just feel for KJ, man. I feel for him. Four to six months. You know, the four-month side, optimistic, that's camp. The six-month side, that bleeds into the regular season. Best play might be to just to go for the six months, let him start the season on the pup, get all the way back, and get him back in October. All right, really fun show, guys. Great job, KJ. Good job, Mace. I'm Will. Denver Sports Tonight on Denver Sports Station, 104.3 The Fan. Be a fool who sits alone waiting for you.